Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Into the Fogcast podcast. This week we're going to be talking about the Oni. So when the Oni was released, he looked very cool and his power looked very strong. But he also looked very hard to use. And this is probably one of the reasons why I never picked him up. He never really fit in my playstyle and despite how powerful and quick he was, he just wasn't the kind of killer that I could get the hang of. But don't get me wrong, in the right hands and the right technique, he's up there with some of the best. His blistering speeds, when in his power, makes him so strong. And his snowball potential is kind of what sets him out from the crowd. But when I did play him, I found it was a struggle. Not playing him in off-bat then is probably what's led to me not playing him much now. But in recent times, I've been playing around with some of the killers that I don't normally play. So I thought, why not get Oni back out? So in order for Oni to get his power, he needs to hit a survivor. And then that survivor would drop blood periodically until they are healed. And the more blood he collects, the quicker he gets his power. But this is just the start. So once you get his power, he becomes a very scary killer. So let's rewind here and talk a bit about the build that I use. So Infectious Fright for that notification. Enduring and Spirit Fury because you're probably going to eat a lot of pallets, especially in your power. And then either Pain Resonance or Call of Brine because just having that gen slow down will definitely help here. So once I have my power, I wait until I'm close enough before I pop it. Otherwise, there's a chance I could be going around the map and not seeing a single person, which is just going to waste my entire power. And unless you have multiple people injured, it's not really worth it. I'm yet to master the 180 flick, but you can still pull off the 90 flicks. And this, most of the time, will be good enough. So if you're down a survivor, and if I get an infectious notification, then I'll work out whether it's in my best interest to chase them, or just hook the survivor and try and save my power as much as possible. So with the add-ons, I don't really have any suggestions since I don't really know them very well. But when I did play, I used Ink Lion, which reduces the activation and deactivation time by minus 0.5 seconds. And reduces the duration penalty when down in the survivor by minus 2 seconds. And Chipped Sailha, which increases the Blood Fury duration by 6 seconds. Like I said, I don't really know what's best to run on him, but these are just what I chose anyway. Okay, so Oni is absolutely one of two killers I have played the least. I think I can count on one hand the amount of times I've played as Oni in my entire life playing DVD, and I'm really hoping we can stretch this segment out as long as we can. I find his dash personally hard to use when I'm trying to turn corners. The fact he doesn't bump into things during these rushes like Hillbilly or Blight does help, but... Those tight corners, like on some of the maps like Larry's, where even the loops have tight angles on them, make it awkward for me to turn well enough to still see them and bash them in good timing too. I imagine Shadowborn might be a good fix for that, so I'd probably take that as a perk personally, but most people can probably do well enough without it. All reading perks are probably really nice on him, with his good mobility when he's in his power, so barbecue and chili, scourge hook, floods of rage would be good shouts, and infectious fright when you get a down, so you know if you should save the rest of your power by picking them up, or use uh, the rest of what you have and go for one of the down. Some gen regression or defense perks would be really good to take, whether it be gen kicking like eruption, overcharge, call of brine, 
Even oppression, brutal strength, any combination of them perks would do well if you just want to chase and kick gems on the go with ample gem regression. If kicking gems isn't your thing, then you can just go for the classic Deadman Switch and Scourge and Pain Resonance. That'll be a good pair to go for alongside the aura reading perks we went over, being Barbecue and Scourge Hook Floods of Rage. Now, also as far as add-ons go, I, with my limited experiences only, I don't know personally what the best ones are, so I can only go by what I've seen used against me and what I've seen other people using. Uh, so, going from that, Lion Fang, which is a purple add-on, seems pretty solid and increases the duration of your power by 10 seconds. Aikido's Crutch, which is another purple add-on, is also quite commonly used. It increases your speed when using Demon Dash, so that you get more mobility to get around quicker. I'm not sure if the Blood Orb add-ons are still bugged or not, or if they were fixed in the update that fixed the issue with the survivors dropping more orbs than intended when injured, but I'm sure Jamie will butt in here and tell me. So in one of the latest patches, they did fix the Blood Orb drops, which survivors are now happy about. Okay, so with that being said, now that they're working as intended, they are pretty useful too. They would be the Splintered Hole, which is another purple add-on, and the Wooden Oni Mask, which is a green add-on. And they both increase the amount of orbs survivors drop when performing a fast vault, or failing a skill check, or even crouching too, which I was today's years old when I found that out. Uh, the Sculpted Top Knot is also a good add-on. It's a green add-on that reduces the activation time of Demon Dash by half a second. Might not sound like much on paper, but it's a two second charge otherwise, so it cuts the course of the charge out. Again, this is just a list of add-ons I've heard are amongst the most decent and um, the ones that I see used against me in only games when I go against them. However, I rarely, very rarely see the only nowadays. So going against the only can be pretty difficult if you're not really paying attention. Make sure you try and be as unpredictable as possible because you never know where they're going to come from. And one wrong move just isn't going to end well for you. At the start of the game, Oni is basically an M1 killer until he has his power. And playing a stealthy gameplay might just save your life. If you do manage to hide and he leaves you, this is probably about the best time for you to get some progress on a nearby generator. Most Oni players that I've faced have adapted a hit and run playstyle at the start of the game. And this is best ways to get his power, especially if there's multiple survivors around. Two fresh hits and a couple of spare blood orbs, that will give him his power. So when an Oni starts his demon dash, you'll hear it regardless of where you are on the map. And you need to try and stay alert. Because of his blistering speeds, he could just turn up at any moment out of nowhere. So if you're on a generator, make sure you've got a good line of sight. And once you see him running towards you, it's time to get out of there and find safety. Windows of Opportunity is a great perk for this because you can hatch a plan before he comes. Getting to a pallet or a window are very safe options here. And like I say in all of my podcasts, losing line of sight is always the best option. You will find that with most only players that they will chase you for a bit in their power. And if they feel like they're getting no value from looping you, then they will look to move on and look for somebody else. So drop pallets early, vault windows to gain distance. Just make it as hard as possible for them. Don't expect all obstacles to keep you safe, like trees and rocks, because they can still get you from around the corner. So other perks that I feel that you should take when facing an Oni. 
are healing perks. So anything like botany knowledge, circle of healing, inner strength, or inner healing, as it's called now, uh, med kits, and dare I say it, self-care. Anything that basically allows you to heal. You want to try and drop a minimum amount of blood orbs, otherwise you're just going to give him his power. Another thing to mention here is Ernie has no collision, so don't expect him to get stuck, and this allows him to navigate the map very well. Compared to the likes of Billy and Blight, where they do have collision, and this gives him a bit of an advantage. He's also very good when it comes to long walls, or even just the killer shack. But dropping pallets early is going to help you get the distance. But only if you have no choice. Don't just drop it unless you have to. So since Oni can only dash forwards, any map that allows you to do twists and turns are really going to help you escape here. But to be honest, I don't know why there aren't too many Onis being picked. So what about you, Tova? Are you finding the same issue as me? Uh, yeah, I have actually. As already mentioned, I very rarely come across any Onis in my games, and I'd say it was about the time when Michaela came out. And it's all because of Circle of Healing. It just ruins his power and his snowballing capabilities when survivors can just run to a boon and heal up, so it completely kills his hit-and-run tactics. Even a sloppy butcher wouldn't give enough of a slowdown to keep people injured for long enough. Since then, Circle of Healing has been nerfed twice, so it now takes a fair amount longer to heal yourself at the aura, but that still significantly hurts Oni's power, especially seeing as most people tend to swift and can just call out to their friends to come and heal them at the boon if they're otherwise not in chase and close enough. Now, the absolute best way to counter him in-game when you do get an Oni, though, is to just not get hit. I know that sounds kind of dumb, but that is genuinely it. If you buy your team so much time on the gens, if the Oni commits to you, then burning through pallets and pre-dropping so you don't get injured and leaving blood everywhere will be a massive blow to the Oni, and he will struggle to turn that back around when three gens pop and he's only just hit the one survivor he's been chasing. You may get camped because of it, but it is what it is. Unfortunately, that is all I pretty much have to say in my experience against Onis. Just pre-drop pallets if you're on comms, call out what important ones are gone. Windows of Opportunity is, as already mentioned, a fantastic perk to take. It has been one of my favourites since its buff back in patch 5.3, where it no longer has a cooldown once you fast-vaulted a window or a pallet. With that perk, I have all the information I need to know which pallets have already gone if I'm ever in that situation. And that is literally it. Just pre-drop pallets. It's as simple as that. And just don't feed him his power. At that point, he's only an M1 killer. Just play safe, make the killer work for his power, and don't let him have it that easily. So now that you've just heard from the lack of experience that we have against the Oni, let's speak to somebody who has experience. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Into the Foggast podcast. This week, we have another guest. So please guess... Tell us who you are and who you mean. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Granny Bacon. Uh, I stream occasionally on Twitch. Um, I main Oni, the uh, the big Kazanya maker himself. And yeah, play a lot of DBD since 2016. Played pretty much as soon as it came out. Didn't play the beta or anything, but so played since it came out um, on and off um, console. And I mainly play on PC at the moment. So I've always liked the idea of Oni. He's always been for me very hard to play which is probably one of the reasons why i don't really play him that much but what made you start playing oni 
What made me start playing Oni? Uh, I picked up Oni sh- kind of shortly after he came out. Um, I've always kind of been fascinated in like Japanese like folklore, like the art paintings and stuff they did, um, like Kappas and water spirits in general. But um, Oni's are, are quite cool as well. Uh, Japanese culture I've kind of liked as a whole anyway. I've always wanted to go to Japan. In fact, I actually had flights get cancelled due to COVID in 2020. Um, but I had a friend um, who kind of mained, mained Oni um, and he kind of showed me his like full potential. Um, but yeah, believe it or not, I actually didn't rate Oni when he first came out. He was someone that I kind of found a bit predictable. Um, but after finding out how one of my friends played him, I thought, twice and um, I think the playstyle that was associated with Oni made him seem a bit unfun at the time as well um, but yeah I just started picking him up and absolutely loved him well thank you uh, very much for agreeing to come along and do this interview with us Granny Bacon it's great to have you here so let's start with your build there's many kinds of builds out there from the most efficient builds fun builds and builds people like to run on a regular basis so let's talk about yours what works for you and why do you run it well Unfortunately, I don't actually have a current build that I use kind of all the time. I'm constantly kind of picking and choosing random builds. Um, I'm in that rare group of killer mains who constantly change their builds and really don't play to win. I don't really care about losing. Um, if I lose, it's not a big deal. Um, if, if I lose because of, you know, like, say months ago, because someone pressed E and they dead hearted, then I'd be a bit, oh God, you know, it's a bit annoying. Um, but I, yeah, I love random main builds, um, even just testing out perks that I don't um, use that often but synergize well with each other. Um, at the moment, I'm testing out a build that I've been running for about a week now. Um, that build is Enduring, Nemesis, Dark Devotion, Chlorophobia. Um, before that, I was running an Ori build, which was basically Lethal, Pursuer, um, Floods of Rage, No Way Out, and Barbecue. Um, but yeah. So there are currently 100 perks in the game. This includes License Killers 2. So let's focus on the free perks where people might not have licensed killers. Do you have any builds where people might not want to spend any money that are easily accessible? Uh, we're talking like just off the bat or like with eerie shards that you can get obviously down the track as well. So we're talking about, you know, like the licensed killers um, like Pinhead and Pyramid Head. Um, where people might, might not want to spend money to buy them, but you can buy the other killers with shards and you can also buy them from the shrine of secrets as well but there's also free ones you can get okay um so perk wise off the bat i think you should never really under- underestimate the info you can really get from a perk like uh spies in the shadows um also a, a free perk off the bat is sloppy butcher that's that's great um especially with only um these are two absolutely free from the set from the get-go as well uh but in terms of dedicating a bit more to the game and unlocking killers with like eerie shards there's a few perks uh and builds i can suggest uh brutal and enduring are awesome in chase uh remember as soon as like a survivor hears a terrorist terror radius they're gonna pretty much hide as soon as possible um and when you do get in a chase they're gonna either pre-drop pallets hold w um that's why also a perk like uh monitor and abuse is great for sneaking up on people um, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but te- um, Oni's, te- Oni's Terror Radius kind of fades in slightly and is, is quite faint when it fades as, as well um, to begin with. So Monitor can actually alleviate all this kind of... Um, but when you're confident enough with Oni, Monitor can synergize ridiculously well with a perk like Infectious Fright. However, you need to be 100% sure that you can guarantee it down after you get an Infectious proc. But 
regardless. Even if you don't, you can apply some great pressure with these two perks alone. Another, another free perk actually is Tinkerer. However, I don't recommend it um, since it's change. Um, but feel free to test it out. It can be quite fun. Um, I think it procs only once per gen now. But yeah, bear in mind, survivors can easily catch on to this and counter it by hiding as soon as they kind of hear your um, your roar as they like hit your Tinkerer stage. Um, info perks on Oni are, are quite strong as well. Another uh, free perk that works well is Discordance. Um, hugely, hugely underestimated. Um, being able to know where two survivors are um, and using that info to your advantage is insane. Like at the start of a match, you load in instead of having, you know, Lethal Pursuer or something, which is also a great perk, which is obviously unfortunately licensed. Um, for example, just downing a survivor in, in your power and then getting a Discordance proc and then going to that gen, creating immense pressure is crazy. Um, obviously, that's very situational, but just like I said, like loading into a game and seeing where two survivors are or even four is is great. Um, so if I, were, if I were to recommend a build for someone to start learning Oni with the free perks that you can get, I would say use Sloppy, Monitor, Discordance, and Enduring. Um, you'll probably notice this build has zero gen regression, but it's a great build to use learning Oni in and out of his power. And and I guess designing the, the build around his weaknesses, if that makes sense, you know, like his chase perks, um, and info perks are great. So there are occasions where even those who have the most play to win kind of mentality um, want to have a game with a less than optimal build, whether it be to give themselves an intentional disadvantage or to just simply have some fun with the survivors with a gimmicky meme build. Could you share with us any such meme or gimmicky builds that you'd like to use for fun? Okay. Uh, well, yeah, like I mentioned, the, the, the build I'm running at the moment is quite meme-y. Um, it's enduring nemesis, uh, chlorophobia and uh, dark devotion. Um, that's a lovely meme build. I'm pretty sure everyone knows this build anyway, but Starstruck, Adji, um, with the new Waken Awareness and Magritte's quite fun. No one expects Starstruck on Oni, which is just hilarious. Um, uh, the M1 Oni build as well, if you've ever heard of it, it's basically the um, the Splintered Hull, um, which is an add-on, and the Bloody Glove, which is also an iridescent add-on. Um and just using an indoor map or something, but using the perks like Dark Devotion, um, Trail of Torment, uh, Tinkerer, even Plaything. Um, I've kind of named some of these meme builds actually <laughs> as I've tested them out, but um, I've got one called Sonic Oni, which is basically double speed, um, play with your food, um, Nemesis and Shadowborn. Um, and then I've got one called Catch Up Oni, which is basically save the best for last, along with the... Um, add-ons Bloody Sash and I think it's Blackened Toenail, which basically makes it so when you're moving while absorbing blood, it's like a certain amount faster. Um, and also just, you could chuck and play with your food. Um, always having survivors injured, you could use, you know, Sloppy, um, Gift of Pain, Chlorophobia, Force Penance with like double blood add-ons. You can use an endgame build like Blood Warden, No Way Out, Remember Me and No Ed. And there's, there's so much perks that just work well with Oni, you know, as a whole. Um, but my, my favorite meme build is probably the one I'm using at the moment. I'm really loving it. So add-ons are such an important part of anyone's gameplay and can completely change the way the game is played. So I would imagine there are some good add-ons that are worth using and some that are not. Can you tell us the ones that you would recommend and ones that you would avoid? Okay. Um, a great add-on combo that works for like anyone's skill ceiling is uh, add-ons like Ink Lion and Black and Toenail. 
decreases um, Blood Fury activation time and the cooldown. Um, that's what they both do. So stacking them as well, it just feels so smooth and it's just it's not an like an overly powerful add-on combo, but it just feels fun. It's a good it's a good feeling just being able to pop your power as soon as you see someone and just instantly get into Blood Fury. Um both his Eries, um, his passive recharge, um, his blood um aura reading and his like absorption speed are kinda useless. Um they're not useless, but they're they're pretty weak in my opinion. Um but honestly, good combos are either just stacking, like, what you've already got, like, two of. So, for example, like, stacking your speed, duration, your blood frequency, and also movement speed while absorbing. All of these you can kind of switch and swap and pair with each other. But, yeah, those are probably the add-ons I'd probably recommend. I will mention, though, as well, if you're going to use speed, you kind of have to have a good understanding and control of his power. Um... Also, one add-on I have left out is Top Knot. This is still... Um, I'm not really into the comp scene, but I know it's quite um, looked down upon um, in the comp community. In fact, in fact, I think it's actually banned, which is fair. Um, but I actually don't recommend this um, for anyone learning Oni especially. Um, it it kind of changes your muscle memory. Um, and also with the playstyle that I have, it unironically makes it bad. Uh, I want to be changing my position constantly while charging my power and not kind of instantly dashing and committing to one side if you're doing sidestepping and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, like I said, unironically, I think top knob is actually kind of kind of bad. So it's very important before going into a match that you get the right perks and add-ons, but that's only half the job. There's always a map to deal with too. So let's talk about your strategy. When loading into a trial, does the map determine how you play and what are your preferred maps when working out your strategy? I don't think um, there's many maps in dvd that kind of uh, changed the way i play um and like my, my strategy i don't i wouldn't say i really have like a strategy um maybe like forcing a free a three gen um but i can easily name the worst maps to play as only um rpd being one of them um obviously still testing the new one at the moment but i, I still think rpd is quite quite horrible um uh maps like garden of joy uh any any map um that kind of forces you to patrol a gen that's kind of tucked away or like hard to, to kind of monitor is, is, is really difficult. Even though with Oni, you can kind of pop your power and dash towards a gen or something. But you know, like, like I mentioned, Garden of Joy, um, that main building is kind of just like, yeah, see you later. I don't ever go there. Um, maps like Disturb Ward, there's those two gens that are kind of tucked away at the end there that I just kind of, you know, unless I know someone is there, it's kind of just, you know, I don't bother. Um, Interesting Larry's isn't as bad, but I, I would say there are times during, you know, a, a Larry's match where I go, oh, I didn't get that down because of Larry's. Um, but yeah, there's not there's not too many maps that actually change my strategy. Um, like I said, I think RPD is probably the main, main one. Like I kind of just go, well, you know, it's either GG now or I'll just have to kind of patrol a hook and, you know, kind of kind of force survivors to actually come to me than run around like a headless chicken. Um, but yeah, I'd say that that's probably the only thing I'd, um, have to say about that. So when you do go into a match and you do assess your strategy based on the perks that you're using, the add-ons you have equipped and the particular map that you do load into, and not to mention the survivors that you're likely to face, because 
although a lot of them do use the same perks, they do kind of play a little bit differently from each other. Do you change your playstyle based on what you are about to go against or how the survivors play as well? Or do you kind of stick to one single trick or routine or strategy? I... I like to read how a survivor plays, um, whether they are constantly doing the same thing over and over again. But um, generally, I, I play how I want to play. You know, I play this game for fun. I want to have a fun game. I don't care about losing. Although I do say that, I, I do find myself, you know, later in the game, if they're if the survivors are being really, really aggressive and, you know, they're just kind of like doing chance in my face and, you know, all that kind of stuff that I'm sure everyone's kind of gone against um i will i will change my strategy and i will play aggressive back um but i usually don't like to do that it's usually something that only happens very rarely um but uh, yeah i would say i have a one trick kind of play i like to go for downs i like to go for chases and like we mentioned before maybe that might change if i get rpd or garden of joy or you know any other maps i can think of but i usually just go for how i want to play and don't care about how the others play unless it's kind of affecting me hex totems can be a big problem for both killers and survivors but with the perk shattered hope killers can now destroy the totem and this is a big deal but it means using an extra perk slot when we believe it should be base kit with a choice of snuffing or breaking it but let's talk about totem spawns do you think they're in a good place or do you think more improvements are needed i okay yeah that's a very interesting question i i don't usually use um any hex um, perks although i will mention um i think that some of the hex uh totems slash burn totems uh are kind of average there are certain maps where they will always spawn um for example i think it's um grim pantry there's always those two spotums uh, my god two <laughs> totems that spawn right on the rocks kind of near the shack um there's heaps of other maps as well where you you're always going to be able to guess where a totem spawn is and and with with burn totems and hex totems, you know, there's now both parties that want to have a totem that's quite hidden. You know, I think I think everyone can probably agree they they kind of want better totem spawns and you know ones that you have to kind of seek. Um, although on that, I think they should be a high risk, high reward. You know, like shattered hope should be base kit. I agree. I totally agree. Um, you've dedicated your time as a killer to go out of your way and snuff a totem. It shouldn't really be fair if a survivor can just, you know, go back on it and reburn it or whatever with, you know, no downside at all, really. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think they should probably work on, you know, changing up the RNG or, like, totem spawns on each map and also making or looking into the possibility of making Shattered Hope base kit. I totally agree with that. So having played Leone for a long time, basically since his release, you must have had some great matches, whether it's been against high-profile players or competitive teams, or even the odd content creator here and there, or just insane downs and extraordinary clutch moments. Do you have any of these stories that you can share with us? Yeah, I've had, I've got countless um, clips I've posted and, and even just like left in my um, my computer, but I've I've had so many games where I've either had, you know, one or two hooks and there's like, one gen left or you know I've, I've basically had such a horrible early game and then i've just managed to pop my power and down all four survivors um i don't usually like to go for slugs um i usually like to just kind of you know use my power and pick up instantly but um there's yeah there's so many times where those clutch moments or even end game moments where the you know the exit gates are actually open and you know the, the bar's counting down you're thinking oh my gosh i haven't even got like a 2k and you've managed to pull off a 4K within 40 seconds, you know? 
it's it's insane the amount of snowball and pressure that that Oni can actually apply to a game. It's is he's almost like unpredictable, like for yourself at, at times. You feel like you don't know how it's going to go, how the survivors are going to play. Um, yeah, there's been so many times like that. So with the amount of time that you've been playing Oni, you must have had some great advice that you can share with us. So what advice would you give to new players or even your past self? I I think always try something new. Uh, don't be scared to pop your power in a tile or a place that you aren't really confident in, um, especially learning. Um, just always remember to only pop your... I, I think the best advice as well, I would say, number one, is to always pop your power when you can actually physically see a survivor um, and not when you see them halfway across the map with barbecue um survivors will just hear you roar and they'll get scared or you'll get there and you'll only have like a certain amount of your power left where if you just you know saved your power saw a survivor popped it you've got you know your 40 seconds or whatever it is to to actually down them and you know there is room to make mistakes um which hopefully the better you get you won't um and always just try and get better with your power as much as possible. Try to preserve your power too. Down a survivor. I, I, I do this personally. I, I down a survivor. I pick them up instantly. So you only need, you know, the minimal amount of orbs to reach your power again. And the people that are injured or healing begin to drop orbs again. You know, you constantly want to be able to have that pressure with every time you see a fresh survivor. You want to either have your power or be quite close to it. Um, and just remembering where you see people healing as well. There's always there's always um, perks like, um, is it Deathbound? I think it's Deathbound, where survivors scream when they heal each other. That's always a great perk um, if you, you know, have the licensed killers and you're learning where people are healing. But, you know, just getting that muscle memory is great too. So I want to talk a little bit about the tiles and more specifically your favorite tile, whether it be the jungle gym, the LT wall, the long walls, or the good old-fashioned killer shack. Uh, what is your favorite tile and why is it your favorite? I think uh, if we're talking about like using my power, um, LT walls are kind of a a, <laughs> a lose-lose for Survivor. Um, you're going to get a down pretty easy with only um, just a matter of you know time. Um, long walls are quite strong. Um, I'm constantly either mind gaming myself at long walls or... Um, a survivor just w's away but I, I have to just go always back to killer shack there's so much things that a survivor can do as well as the killer at killer shack which is just just makes the the, the chase fun you know um a great thing to do against an oni who's flicking is to is to tuck into like tight corners and nooks and crannies that um an oni just wouldn't uh, expect and then change it up maybe you know the next time he's flicking you actually go wide and instead of tucking in you you know you constantly got so much room at killer shack to to play around, you know, you can even just fake a window and like play as dumb as possible, but it actually works because the killer's in their own head and think that, you know, you're going to do something smart. You know, there's so much things at Killer Shack. And I think, I think, I think Killer Shack with Oni in his power is quite fair. Um, I, I absolutely love it. I think it's got so much room for, for unique pathing and, and play style that um, it just makes it fun. Yeah. It's just a fun, fun place to chase. I mean, the one good thing about Oni and the Killer Shack is that he can slide around it as well yeah yeah only has absolutely zero collision with anything and everything so you can you can one thing i always like to do is to um force a survivor to run into the um 
the entrance uh, furthest away from the window and I either just dash into that corner and slide outside on the outside of Shack and then down him at a window or run into the wall and, and like literally it sounds so stupid, but just running into a wall and staying there, a survivor will either be patient and wait and see what you're doing and what wherever your red light is and dedicate to that side or they'll freak out and just instantly vault and then as soon as you hear that vault, you kind of go on one side and it, it, there's so much room with Oni to just kind of mind game yourself and and the other player it's 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 great it's great fun you can never predict a chase with oni mmr is something that behavior have put in to help make matches more fair for everyone with each individual skill level trying to be as close to each other as possible there have been many different opinions on this matter ranging from it should never have been implemented in the first place to mmr has been a good change to my matches and i'm not getting as many cracked survivors juicing me for five gems and maybe even some in-between reactions to thinking it was a good intention just a rather basic way of measuring mmr with just kills versus escapes depending on what side you're on so tell us from your own experience your thoughts on mmr and how it's affected your games with the oni well I think they needed to do something years ago with the matchmaking system. Um, without MMR, you'd still be waiting, you know, 10, 15 minutes. You, you can't really help that as much as you think you can um, for games. But I think there definitely was a good intention with um, Behaviour's idea to introduce MMR or skill-based matchmaking. However, it just turned into shambles. Um, I'm sure everyone knows... Um, like a streamer like Dowsy who waited two hours for, you know, a, a twins match. Um, I luckily didn't wait two hours for a game, but I was waiting. I remember one time I waited about 40, 45 minutes for a game. Um, it was averaging about 15, 20 minutes for me um, waiting for a game. However, when I was in a game, I was noticing a huge skill cap. Like all of the survivors I were going against were either a two-man or a three-man or a four-man or just genuinely good survivors, people that knew what they were doing, people that were constantly... I, I've never had survivors consistently pre-throw and hold W. I've never had people just always know how to counter an Oni. You know, usually um, before MMR, you'll catch like a weak link um, that will make a mistake and you'll be able to hopefully get a, a, a hit at five gens, four gens. But with MMR, I was noticing so many times where I was just getting my power with like three gens, two gens left. It was insane. All Everyone was constantly split up on gens, um, applying immense amount of pressure. And right now, I think right now is actually a quite, quite a good place um, with, with MMR. I don't think it was anything as close to what it was before when it first came out. Um, but I, I do think it's needed. I think it's needed in the game. I just don't think what they had to begin with was appropriate. Blood Fury is the only special power and can down people regardless of the health state using the demon strike if used correctly. And based on my own experience, it can be pretty straightforward and ultimately hard to use properly. What would you say the most effective way to use it? The most effective way to use Blood Fury um, is to force a survivor into a position where they think they're safe. Um, standing on, a, on, on, like, say, for example, um, like fillers, like car fillers on Autohaven or anything like that, um, forcing a survivor to either camp a pallet or you're physically camping the pallet, forcing them to, you know, stay at one end of the loop and side sidestepping. Sidestepping is basically when you dedicate to one side, dash, um, and then 
quickly switch up and go left or right. You can even, you know, double sidestep and like double mind game yourself and go right, left, and then right again at the last second. You can, like, I, one thing I like to do is as I'm charging up, and this is why I think top knop's actually kind of useless for the way I play is as I'm charging up to go into my dash, I am constantly holding, you know, WASD and moving around left and right. And I'm, I'm, I'm already starting that mind game before I'm even dashing, you know? Um, another thing I mentioned earlier is to, for me is to just constantly pick up a survivor. As soon as you down a survivor, there's no reason to just always dash around. Um, because like I said, unless you know, someone's right there and you can see them, you shouldn't be going for, for slugging. Um, you want to keep your power as much as you can. Um, one thing as well is, is to keep in mind what survivors can see, you know, if they can see that you've downed someone, um, and they think they're safe, um, and you know that they're there, play that to your advantage, you know, slug them. And then all of a sudden go back to the person that's on the gen right next to you, you know, like always focus on what a survivor can see you doing and, and yeah, really, really use that against them. Um, but yeah, that's probably the most um, effective way I think to play Oni is to, is to constantly be un unpredictable and constantly be having your power as much as possible throughout the game. So Oni moves slower when he's using his power to gather blood to fuel his blood fury. Would you advise people to use this during chase around loops as survivors are injured to suck up blood as you go or continue as you would normally and down them with an M1 and then go back for the blood after hooking them? What's the best way to really get the most out of your power like that? Okay, so... The okay, the best way to get your power, you you can either do what majority of people do when learning is to you hit your first survivor and you basically stop and collect every single group of um, orbs that the survivor drops. So they, they drop in two, um, and you pretty much just go, you know, absorb that, absorb that, and you follow them all the time. And it's usually a slow chase because they're just either holding W or whatnot, but. I would, I would say the best way to get it is to force a survivor to, to constantly be vaulting a pallet once it's dropped, constantly be vaulting a, a window or, you know, hold your ground at a loop um, and walk left and right and kind of absorb it all there. Because obviously I'm sure as you know, you move slower when you're absorbing um, unless you've got those add-ons as well. But even then they're not as strong as you think they are. Um, they, they're a feel good add-on, but they're not actually as strong as you think they are. Um, I love them. But yeah, I think I think forcing a survivor um, around a loop, um, and it, like like playing the loop and absorbing as well. If you can, if you can, you know, be moonwalking and and playing a loop to try and get that down, um, but at the same time absorbing, that's also efficient. Um, but sometimes you just need to not even absorb at all. Sometimes you just get more um, value out of just hitting a fresh, uh, freshly healed survivor. Um, you gain about 45 percent of your power when you hit a fresh. Um, survivor um so it all depends on the situation like i say as well like if you have two gens pop even three gens in your first chase i wouldn't be going for blood i'll be going for that down i wouldn't be even caring about getting blood i just want to get the down and move on to a to another survivor um but yeah it is quite situational as well do you try to get as many downs during a single blood fury or do you pick someone up as soon as they've been downed which lets you keep as much progress towards the next activation of Blood Fury as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, down a survivor, pick them up instantly. Um, like I mentioned, if you can if you can see someone and you know that they're close, even like, um, I will mention this just quickly. As soon as Oni came out, he was quite renowned for having this um, 
predictable playstyle of running perks like Monero Infectious, which is very, very strong combo. However, it's it's quite predictable. Um, so it is still strong. Um, however, yeah, it is very situational. And whether you are confident enough to get that down after you get an Infectious proc is is the question. Um, I, I don't recommend you do this because sometimes someone will have Unbreakable. Sometimes there's one person that gets one person up and then it's just all the pressure that you've gained can also be flipped on its head and it's it's not a fun fun play style you know ending a game in five seconds but then also having the whole game just you know getting no downs and then just getting your power and then ending the game quickly it's not it's not really fun for both both uh sides so i highly suggest picking up as soon as you down someone i i don't usually um go for slugs unless like yeah end game or I'm really really pushing for pressure and I can see someone I will I will slug but it's usually it's usually instantly down and instantly pick up Oni can really pressure even the best survivors because of his blistering speeds and blood fury but on certain maps like Larry's Oni can really struggle to use his power so how do you deal with maps where your power can be hard to use because there's no direct line of sight from one place to another or places that have a lot of twists and turns to navigate around I I would say Larry's is a was probably the biggest map that I struggled with. Um, however, recently I found a lot of confidence with, with Larry's. Um, I'd say having a lot of windows and, you know, survivors vaulting, vaulting windows is great to get your power. Um, but like you mentioned, it, it is the struggle of, you know, getting to, from one place to another. Um, there are a lot of smaller loops as well in Larry's that um, you can easily get it down in. There's just a lot of, you know, random stuff in the way and the very unique loops as well like the exit gate loop um as well like with the um chairs um there's the chairs inside the doctor's office there's those fillers and like in the corners um there's there's loops with a pallet that that you know double into a window so in that sense it is quite difficult but unless you have the ability to to, to you know, down someone very quickly it, it's it, it is very you know horrible and there are like i say certain times on larry's where i go damn, I would have got that down, but it's Larry, so I didn't. Um, however, if you've got great movement with Oni, it's not that much of a problem. As as, as horrible as, as Larry's is, it's actually not as bad. Um, I will say as well, I'm pretty sure people know this, but never actually hold W um, while dashing in Demon Fury. It's much more beneficial to just use A and D. Um, and once you can get that kind of control and, and movement and you're actually you're actually okay. You'll have a you'll have a better time than you think you will on Larry's. Um, uh, in terms of other indoor maps like um, Midwitch, it's just another challenge of like being able to get somewhere quickly. So with a two story and indoor map kind of like um, like Midwitch, it is quite difficult. However, there's a lot of easy easy loops. There's a lot of easy loops you can down someone in. Um, but yeah, RPD is is definitely the worst one, unfortunately. <laughs> But um, Larry's isn't as bad, like I say, as people think. So Oni was bugged in a way that a lot more blood was being dropped more often, but has recently been fixed um, in the update where Wesker came to Dead by Daylight. It's probably a bit redundant going over how your games have been during that time, but have you noticed a change in your performance and your win rate since the fix? Um, I haven't actually noticed a huge, huge difference. I'm constantly, I mean, like I say... I'm constantly getting my power um, and preserving it as much as possible. So in the sense of like being able to get your power quickly after coming out of it, it's it's not 
as noticeable as you'd think. Um, however, when the only bug was live, and it has been for, for months, it was insanely noticeable. You'd be able to hit a survivor, follow them, and that vault a window or something, and you'd instantly get your power. So in that sense, it was ridiculous. You'd, yeah, constantly be able to get your power. Now you can still play the play cell of, you know, preserving your power and, and trying to get it as much as possible throughout the game. Um, but it's not as hugely noticeable. It's, it's mainly noticeable when the only bug was live in early game because early game is the, is the peak of Oni. You need to be able to have an early good... Oh, God, good God. <laughs> I can't even talk. You need to have a really good early game with Oni or you're going to have a, a bad time. So Oni has had many tweaks since release. Do you think he's in a good place or do you think more changes are needed? If so, what would you change? I think overall he is in a good place. He's fairly balanced. Um, however, I do think there are certain things and changes that do need to happen that might make the killer more fun to go against and more fun to play as. Um, for example, I think the first thing that they need to do, which would be quite easy, I hope, is to remove the 180 flick ability. This has been in the game for far too long now, just like the Oni bug, um, and not many people know how to do it, but it, is, it isn't a hard, hard thing to do. Um, while it's fun, it actually removes a counter survivors have, and it isn't, yeah, like I said, it isn't really that skillful. Um, I think he needs some form of an interactive early game. He also needs an add-on rework. Um, like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of add-ons, like his Eries, um, his passive recharge, um, absorption speed, and path. Like, yeah, there's so many add-ons that are just kind of kind of useless and i think i think he has so much potential for some really cool and unique add-ons um his eerie add-ons as well nothing that's going to be too overpowered but something that makes him fun um but definitely an, an early game change would be great i mean um killers like hag and trapper have a better earlier game than than oni at least you're doing something early game even michael has more of an interactive early game where oni just kind of watches people you know, play as boring as possible and just is, is nothing but a literal M1 killer. You know, he watches people um, pre-throw and hold W, <laughs> which I keep saying all the time throughout this podcast, but it literally is. The more, the more you play Oni, you'll notice that people will do this. And it's a smart thing to do. You know, the survivors want to, you know, delay um, the Oni getting his power as much as they can. That's the smart way to play. But I feel like there's something, I don't know what it could be. I, I seriously don't know what it could be, but there, there needs to be something that would make it a bit more fun for both sides. Because, you know, I don't want to drop Shaq Pallet at five gens and I don't want to have to, well, I mean, as killer, it's great, but it's also kind of like, oh, really, you know? Um, so yeah, something, something early game would be great, I think. Is there anything else you want to say that we've not covered in these questions yet? Um... No, I don't. I don't think there's really much um, that I want to say. Um, I'm more curious to to what you guys want to say. If there's any more questions, or even if there's like people listening um, that want to learn him, or any any questions, I'm 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 more than happy to help out anyone that's learning Oni because Oni can be quite a um, a a unfun killer to learn. I'll be honest. Um, you either you know have really really good games, or you just constantly get bad games in a row where you think I don't want to play this killer anymore. I don't know how people play this killer. Um, but yeah, if you guys have any questions, um, I'm more than happy to to answer them. So the only extra question I think I've got really is about collision. You mentioned earlier on that pre only has pretty much next to no collision at all. 
So is that is that for like everything? Because I know Blight's in a very similar situation, but he does have a little bit of collision every now and again. But uh, there's some things he can get around just like the Oni. Yeah, so so I think you're refer referring to like the uh, hug tech and all that kind of stuff that um, Blight can do. So there's certain um, objects as well, just even like, you know, not doing a hug tech, just there's certain, certain objects um, with Blight that just have absolutely zero collision. Like for example, like the swamp map, um, that's quite renowned for having like very, very janky collision. Um, however, Oni doesn't have that. Oni has zero collision with everything. There's not one thing. I mean, obviously he can run into something and keep running into it because, you know, it's a flat wall or something, but, or he can get stuck within like a loop, you know, this is like a little trash loop on Autohaven or something and he's getting stuck on a bin or whatever. You can always get stuck on something, but you can constantly, you know, um, go around that and, and, you know, be able to counteract that by getting out the way or whatever. But yeah, Oni doesn't have any collision with anything at all, <laughs> which is quite insane for a, for an in down killer. Right, well, thank you very much for the interview. We appreciate that. Yeah, thank you very much for coming on by, Granny Bacon. We really appreciate it. You've been a delight. No worries at all. I hope you can... Uh... Of course, mate. I appreciate um, the message. It's been an honour and a pleasure. Um, and yeah, like I said, if anyone has any questions as well listening, more than happy to answer them either on my uh, Twitch or just feel free to DM me on Discord or whatever if you find that. Um, but yeah, always happy to help someone uh, learn this uh, killer. Well, I will leave all links in the description. Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> and that's it. You have reached the end of another great podcast. And it was really nice to speak to Granny B about his beloved Oni. If you have enjoyed the podcast, then why not give us a review on Apple Podcasts? And if you're on Spotify, then why not give us a rating? It would really help us out tremendously. We also have more interviews on the website, intothefogcast.com. Or just search your favourite podcasting app for Into the Fogcast. This episode was recorded on patch 6.2.1. I would like to thank Granny B again for doing the interview and myself and Tofa for everything else. All links will be in the description of the podcast and we hope you have a great day. We said in the last podcast that we'll be revisiting all the old killers and hopefully with new and exciting guests to talk to about the new changes and maybe revisit some of the older ones to get their input on the changes. But let's cross that bridge when we come to it. 